Today's message has been brought to you by Faith Family Church in Billings, Montana. For more information, visit faithfamilybillings.com. All right, let's go over to 1 Corinthians 12 if you're not already there. Uh, We're talking about the gifts of the Spirit. We're talking about not quenching the Spirit. And last week we talked about tongues and interpretation. Actually, we talked about diverse tongues, but we demonstrated interpretation. Tonight I want to finish up on interpretation Uh, the gift of interpretation, and then possibly get into special faith, maybe working of miracles. We'll see what happens. We'll see where the utterance goes um, as far as speaking. But uh, we're learning... We're learning how to flow with the Holy Spirit. We're learning not only from the Word, but then we've had some demonstration because we want to allow the Holy Spirit to flow. Does anybody remember why we want that to happen? Why Why does the Lord want His gifts to be in His church? To edify the church, yeah, to build it up, right? So it's, it's vital that the church, the disciples in the church, those that are, uh, those that are uh, committed to the Lord, and by disciple I mean you're not just a convert. Do you know you can go to heaven and actually not really grow in your relationship with the Lord while you're here? It's possible. Uh, when you're reading through the, uh, through the New Testament, uh, especially the epistles, you won't see, I don't know that you'll see it as much in the Old Testament. You definitely will see it mentioned in the New Testament. As you're reading through there, just kind of pay attention to where Paul talks about different, or the, the apostles talk about different levels of spiritual development. There'll be statements like, uh, you need, like Peter says this, desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. Uh, Paul will make statements like this. He'll say, I wanted to go deeper with you, but you just can't handle it because you haven't grown as much as you should have. You know, uh, you don't hear that much today. You know, most of the church just wants you to feel good about yourself as far as leadership. <laughs> just feel good about yourself. Just only feel good. Now, I don't think you should beat the snot out of each other or that ministers should beat the snot out of their congregation necessarily. That's not, you know, that's obviously a warning against pastors. And I know why it is. Because sometimes you feel like beating the snot out of people. I'm just too honest for my own good. <laughs> the reality is, you know, how many have family members that test you? Now, the rest of you are lying. <laughs> or they're sitting next to you and you just don't want to admit it because your family isn't that honest. <laughs> we struck a nerve. <laughs> okay. Well, our family is, our, we have a faith family. You know, and, and we, so we're all walking and, and growing in our levels of love and stuff like that, which is good. But we need to grow. We need to develop. Well, Paul made this statement in 1 Corinthians 12, verse 1. He said, I don't want you to be ignorant. Now, Paul did not say, you're stupid. Stop it. He didn't call him stupid. He said ignorant. Now, I've had people get upset with me before because of the word ignorant because it was used against them. I shouldn't say upset with me. They just didn't like that word because it was used against them in a derogatory way. But ignorant just means not knowing. You just don't know. You know, you should be patient with people that you don't know. So Paul's not writing this. He didn't say, now, concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I I don't want you to quit being ignorant. That's not what he's saying. He's saying, I don't want you to be ignorant, so here's some knowledge. Okay, now all revelation starts with knowledge. But just because you know it here doesn't mean you know it. You have part of it 
known. Then, and going back to the the, uh, announcement about the Holy Ghost meeting, or the demonstrations that we have of the Spirit, then you move from just knowing it here to applying it in your life. Now, if you've never operated in any of these gifts or never been given opportunity, chances are most people won't just do it on their own. Um, not everybody's like that. Some people are, they're just gusto. They're going to get after it. You know what I mean? And some people struggle with their relationship or understanding how to flow in gifts or in the supernatural or in the spiritual more than others. And that could be for a myriad of reasons, which I don't have time to get into necessarily right now. But if you want to be more familiar with the Lord here and not just here, you have to spend time with him. Now, one of the things that I did, now I went to Bible college, and I'm not saying you have to do that necessarily, um, but one of the things that I did when I was at Bible college is I went to prayer school for about two years, almost two years solid. And at prayer school, what we did is we just prayed. It was prayer school. Now, that, a lot of times people think, well, that just means you got a lot of teaching on prayer. You can only teach on prayer so long. There's only so many passages. And there's probably not, there's not two years worth of passages, especially five days a week. It was five days a week. So this was after school. So what did we do? We prayed. That's what we did. You say, how did you learn how to, how many of you were here last week, uh, last Wednesday, and you saw me demonstrate tongues and interpretation? I could do it right now. I could do it. Right. I could step over. It's so easy. You say, well, how, how do you do that? You, you pray. Not, not like this, not like uh, you turn on the TV and you got like seven other things going on. You're like, okay, Lord, speak to me. Hold on, Lord, I got I to gotta get this phone call. Hold on, Lord, I just got a notification on Facebook. <laughs> Lord, you know, what I heard this said years ago. Uh, the Lord is not like Burger King. You can't have it your way. <laughs> In other words... We're to conform to him. Now watch. If we, have, if, we, if we see Jesus, his word, and God the Father as, something, as, as, our, as a God who conforms to us, then you might as well break out your chisel and your hammer and get a piece of stone and start making you an idol. I love God because he doesn't just think he's God. He knows he is. So we conform to him, right? We transform to the way he thinks. So with that, when it comes to spiritual gifts, it's the same principle. These things are right. So I got to start by agreeing with him. I got to start by getting some knowledge. And then I got to plug myself into areas if I'm wanting to learn how to flow in the gifts of the spirit where I wasn't I wasn't plugged into those things before. So if the gifts of the Spirit were in operation, and if I just started saying, okay, if I had Kylie uh, come up and start playing the keys, and I said, okay, we're going to prophesy. Yeah. Some people are like, wow, let's do it. You know, and they want to roll on the stage. And they're just like, they're, it's fun. And some people in your seat right now, you just clinched. Because you're like, oh, God, don't pick me. I don't want a word, Lord. Don't worry, the Lord won't bug you. <laughs> you have to get over your fear. 
Now, I'm not saying you won't feel fear. I'm saying you have to resist it and face it. You're never not going to feel fear in this life. People are like, oh, that's disappointing. Because the Lord said we were delivered from it. Yeah, but he didn't say you were delivered from feelings. Right? So this is part of that growth process. And so that's why we have demonstrations. That's why, you know, there are times I've, uh, on Sunday mornings, <laughs> a couple of Sundays, I don't, it must have been a month or two ago, but I, I had Rick get up and I had Herb get up and I had Mike got up and I just started calling on them. I didn't even ask if they had anything. At least you're not in their position. You say, why? Because I know the Holy Ghost. I know he'll give leaders. If I start pulling, the, the Lord's not going to go, nope, 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 nope. I'm not speaking to him. He's not going to do that. I knew that demonstrations would come forth. And they did. You know, they did. And so... This is part of what we're, as we're gaining, what's coming to us from these verses isn't just knowledge as well, it's also what? Faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the way. And then when you have experiences, what comes? Faith comes. Confidence comes. The Lord actually mentioned in the Gospels, uh, he said, you won't believe unless I do miracles. So what did he do? Miracles. Now, that's not the main foundation of our faith. Of course, we understand that. But God demonstrates himself as a witness to us, and that helps us with our faith. And, excuse me, so it's the same for the gifts of the Spirit. So we've talked about these different gifts. We spent a lot of time on prophecy. Apparently, we need to clear some things up there, or at least add more information. I shouldn't say necessarily. I guess it is clearing things up, in a sense. Not that we're correcting a bunch of wrongs, but we need clarity in what we're seeing. Um, because there's so much that's going on in the area of the prophetic. I don't know if you've noticed this. I've mentioned this to uh, our, our corporate prayer group on Tuesday mornings, but God has emphasized the apostle office and the prophet office for a while now in the church, and he'll do this. There'll be cycles where he'll emphasize different ones, and uh, whenever that happens, you have to watch it because you can get heavy, too heavy. It's not that God's doing it, it's that the people, and we, get, we can get so full of excitement about what he's doing, we actually run out ahead of him and end up getting out of balance to where people say, if you don't have, if you don't have an apostle in every church, you're not a biblical church, and that's not true. That is not true. Well, if you don't have a prophet in your church, you don't have a church, that is not true. Well, few people agree. Few people are like, I wonder if that's true. <laughs> you know, there were, Brother Hagin talked about this. He said, and you know, you say, you quote Brother Hagin. I know, but I sat in the class when he taught. And he'd make statements. And here's a guy, you know, I'm 20, maybe not quite 21, I'm sure. I think I started working for you guys when I was 19. I'm 20 years old, just saved I mean, you know, really saved. I was raised in church, but I really gave my heart to the Lord when I was 19. And I, I mean, I'm trying to learn everything I can because, you know, I knew how to make a pot pipe out of a, you know, a beer can. I was good at that. But I didn't know what an apostle was. <laughs> 
And I want to know because I know God's called me to preach. So I'm, I'm absorbing all the information I can. You know what I mean? I mean, you know what I'm talking about. You, could, you know? And so I, in this process, he would, he would tell us stories. He told a lot of stories. In fact, when Doug Jones was here, he mentioned this in our RMAI meeting. He said one of the main things that Brother Hagin did wasn't necessarily all the teachings, but his stories stuck with us because they were examples of the word working. So he just, he would tell us stories. He'd say, look, every so many years, a Jewish diet's going to come out. I know that just wrinkles some people's eyebrows. They're like, well, it's the diet of God. <laughs> no, it's not. I know, you just, um, I'm on it tonight, I guess, you know, I guess we're ready, Kylie, she asked me, are you ready? Well, I guess we are. <laughs> it took me 20 years to get to this point, so, it's not the diet, God, God is not holding you to a Jewish diet under the new covenant, it is not the diet that will take away all sickness and disease, I'm not saying there's not good things there. I'm just telling you, health doesn't come from food. Nutrition comes from food. Health comes from God. So he would tell us stories. He would share with us about how different churches would be, you know, a man, a man of God who felt like he was called to pastor would be in an area, and, and they would, they would uh, just... Uh, come in and start pastoring a group of people with Bible studies and stuff like that, and they get a church going, and then some person would come through and go, I'm an apostle. Do you have an apostle in this church? And he said, well, no. And this guy who claims he's an apostle would tell him, you need to turn this church over to me so you're under an apostle, and you need to turn all the finances over to me. Guys, this stuff goes on today. You know? So we just need to be aware of that, that there needs to be balance. So even with the gifts of the Spirit, it's the same thing. So we go back to the Word, back to the, back to the Word. Now, we're not, I'm not claiming I know everything about this. Nor am I claiming that everything we do here is perfect. The, there, I don't know that we'll ever, I don't think we'll ever be able to, I'm not going to ever claim that this is the church that does it Everything right. <laughs> I mean, you know we don't because we ran out of coffee cups. Because <laughs> apparently the men drink a lot of coffee <laughs> before the Sunday service. <laughs> the point is, is that we're constantly growing, we're constantly developing. We're getting gooder and gooder at this. My ability to flow in tongues and interpretation today is a lot better than it was 15 years ago. Why? I've done it long term, longer. If you've just been baptized in the Holy Spirit for a little while, or maybe you're not baptized in the Holy Spirit at all, you're gonna, it's going to be more work. How many enjoy Leanne when she's here? She just steps over. She's like, I'm just going to step over. Ooh, I even say it, and I can almost do it. I can just, uh, it's... It's awesome. But anyway, it's, we're learning, we're growing, we're developing. We're continuing to develop. We're continuing to grow. Spiritually, we're not staying where we are, but represented just in this room, and maybe people that are joining us online, are all different levels of spiritual development. 
Terry, you got saved when? Nin- March of 1972. Terry has been walking with the Lord a lot longer than me. <laughs> So he was saved in 1972. I was born in 1977. <laughs> Your youth is renewed like the eagles. <laughs> People go, wow. <laughs> she says, I'm old. <laughs> but now that doesn't mean, that doesn't necessarily mean that just because you've been saved a long time, you've grown. But just by nature of being walking with the Lord for a longer period than someone else, you can by accident stumble across things that others don't know because they just haven't walked with the Lord that long. So don't get discouraged if I'm confusing or you're confused. I've been confused. You know, one of the things I did to help me learn is I would watch Brother Hagin flow in the Holy Ghost on YouTube videos. Or in services, because we were there with him. But I couldn't be at every service. I had to work, you know, all that stuff. So as the years have gone, I watch him flow in the Holy Ghost. And you say, well, how did that help you? You're a spirit. You've got the Holy Spirit within you. You're watching the mantle on a man of God who has the Holy Spirit or a woman of God who has the Holy Spirit in them flow. You say, but the video's from 1990. What does that matter? When was this written? I mean, talk about video being an advantage. We can't even see what Paul did. We can imagine what it was like. I'd watch, I'd look, I'd go back, I'd listen again, and listen again, and listen again, and I'd watch it again. My kids know this. I'll turn on, there's a a particular video that I like a lot called When the Spirit Gets to Moving. And it's a video that that Rhema put out. When the Spirit of God was flowing, Brother Hagin was flowing with him. And there's a shout and dance and running, I mean, there's all sorts of stuff. But you're watching the anointing move, and he's praying in other tongues, all of these things. And you know you have people underneath that this is of the devil, and da-da-da-da-da, you know, all this stuff. Excuse me, I know the devil's spirit, and I know the Holy Ghost. And the same Holy Ghost that saved me is moving in those services and baptized me in the Holy Spirit. And... I would watch and watch and watch and watch. And then I'd watch it again. And then watch it again. And I'd listen to teachings. And if I really wanted to, if I was on one subject, if the Holy Spirit had me on one subject, I'd listen to it again. And then again. And then I'd listen to it again. And then again. And then I'd listen to it again. And, and some people are like, well, that's, you know, don't you get bored? <laughs> Bored? I don't understand that, okay? I just don't understand it. How could you be bored with the manifest presence of God and his word? You know, I've read through the Bible. I, probably, I don't know how many times I've read through the New Testament or through the Bible as a whole. But, and I read the same scriptures year after year. And every year, revelation comes that I didn't know before. 
and my faith grows and I get stronger on the inside and I'm more aware of internal things than I am external things. I'm more aware of the presence and the things of God than I am the things of the earth. See, I really want to get so good at, at, at just crossing over. When it's time for me to die, I'm just going to go. You say you've, you've thought about that at 45? Yeah. Just do enough funerals and you'll think about it. <laughs> Because you have to. Well, I'm not, you know, and I'm not saying you should meditate on it. But there are scriptures here that, that give us faith for everything. And so if, if we're going to fulfill everything that God has for us and walk these things out, then we have to have faith for it. Then we have to look at it. So we've got to gain that knowledge and we have to move that direction and then move forward. And deal with those things. So it's the same with the gifts of the Spirit. We've looked at utterance gifts, and that's where we've been, which is prophecy, diverse kinds of tongues, and interpretation of tongues. We talked about, we categorized these, and you can go back and listen if you, if you want to write them down, because we've mentioned them a few times. But we talked about the power gifts, which is special faith, working of miracles, and gifts of healings. We haven't discussed each one, but we classified these nine gifts, because there's nine gifts. Then the revelation gifts, which is word of wisdom, word of knowledge, and discerning of spirits. And so last week we talked about diverse tongues, and we talked about diverse tongues being a witness to unbelievers. How many of you remember that, okay? And we saw this, and this is actually the only place I'm aware of this, even though I know it's, it, it probably ha it has happened through the, through the generations since the, Lord was, since the church was baptized in the Holy Spirit in Acts 2. But this is the only one that I'm aware of it, where in Acts 2... Verse 4 through, I think, 12 or 13, they hear these gentlemen pray in other tongues and exalt God. Now, when I was in the Assemblies of God, you know, people have read that and they thought it was that tongues was given to preach the gospel in a language that you didn't know. Here's my argument to that. Peter didn't preach the gospel to them in another tongue. Did he? He didn't use tongues to preach the gospel, did he? He did not. Now they exalted, extolled, and praised God in other tongues, and the people heard them in their own language. But then he went into the common Greek of the day and preached the gospel to them, and 3,000 were saved in one service. That's pretty good for just denying Christ right before. You know, a few days before, a month or so before, whatever it was. That's pretty good. That's, that's a comeback. You know, I denied Christ, but I got 3,000 on this end after I repented. We're good. <laughs> so, uh, diverse tongues is a sign to un unbelievers. It can be a sign to unbelievers. I've heard of many testimonies of that taking place um, as far as even today. And there, there are available uh, examples all over the place if you want to dig it out. But I want to talk about interpretation of tongues tonight. Let's go to, in verse 10, it's, it's uh, right after different kinds of tongues or diverse kinds of tongues. 1 Corinthians 12, 10. In the, the, the definition or, or the description of the interpretation of tongues is what it is. It's pretty, pretty simple. It's the supernatural revelation by the Spirit of God or by the Spirit of the meaning of an utterance in other tongues. That's what uh, interpretation of tongues is. It is not translation 
of the tongues. So in other words, I could give a short tongue and Heidi could get up and give a five-minute interpretation. Now, I'm not saying that's going to happen. We could clock her and see. Ready? Go. <laughs> I'll give a 30-second tongue. You give a five-minute. Five In other words, it could be a longer tongue and the interpretation could be shorter because it's a, an interpretation, not a translation. Okay? How many are baptized in the Holy Ghost? You pray in other tongues by show of hands. Okay, so everybody technically in here can do this. Maybe not necessarily, you could publicly, but you can even do it in your own private prayer life. Okay, um, it happens quite frequently the more you're aware as you're praying in other tongues. It is the interpretation of tongues, or we could say it this way, it's an explanation of what is spoken in other tongues. It's an explanation so the gift of interpretation is an explanation of what was said in other tongues. Okay? All right? Uh, 1 Corinthians 12.10 says this, To another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse number 26 says this, how is it then, brethren, whenever you come together, each of you has a psalm, has a teaching, has a tongue, has a revelation, has an interpretation. He says this, let all things be done for edification. Verse 27, if anyone speaks in a tongue, let there be two or at the most three, each in turn, and let one interpret. But if there is no interpreter, let him keep silent in the church and let him, watch this, speak to himself and to God. In what? Other tongues. So if you come to church on a Sunday morning and you're sitting next to and you're thinking, this is a nice church. There's a lot of energy here. We get this. You know, people say, you know, you got a lot of energy around here. It's supernatural energy. You sense the presence of God. And it's not just because of the building. It's that the presence of God is here, but it's in the believers. I shouldn't say it. He is in the believers. His presence is manifest. Um, and you may be next to somebody, and they may be under their breath or kind of quietly not you know, being loud, but just praying in other tongues. That is not necessarily the gift of a diverse tongue. Now, it could lead there. And there's not necessarily a needed interpretation. Now, if you have a gift of a diverse tongue, but you don't see an interpreter present, then you can speak to what? Yourself and to... So why do people try to tell me at times, and they have, well, if the Spirit comes on me, I have to give it. When right here, it says you don't. Now, that can't be quenching the Spirit because the, the same author wrote both. I mean, as far as Paul wrote both those scriptures. What does that mean then? That means that the Lord is not going to strike you with lightning <laughs> if, there's no, if there isn't an interpreter present. Now, we'll get into the interpreter part here in just a minute to help you 
get some balance to that. My point is, is that Paul was trying to get this church to do things decently and in order and for edification. I remember this uh, years ago at Rama. Uh, Tony Cook was teaching one of our classes, and he made this statement. He said he was, he was talk, sharing a testimony. He was talking about the gifts of the Spirit and talking about specifically the gift of prophecy. And he was a part of another church uh, that wasn't a, necessarily a Rhema. It might have been a Rhema church, but it wasn't Rhema Bible church. And he was an associate pastor there. And the pastor, worship was going on one Sunday, and all of a sudden a lady somewhere in the crowd jumped up, thus saith the Lord, and she just started going, you know. And she said, the Lord says, everybody to the altar. And she comes charging down, you know. (laughs) And the pastor quickly (laughs) jumped up, said, everybody lift their hands and praise God. And just because nobody was really moving anyway. <laughs> and they did, and he, he encouraged the worship team to go, go along. And as everybody's worshiping, raising their hands, he looked at Tony Cook, and he said, which means, you're on. <laughs> Get them. Why? Out of order. Now watch, Rama used to call them mic grabbers. <laughs> you know what a mic grabber is? There's the mic, I gotta have it, you know? Do you know what mic grabbers say? All the pastors in this city, they gotta control everything. That's what mic grabbers say. Kylie, we're still in it. We're still ready, we're still, t- we're doing good here. <laughs> I'm teasing her because she said, are you ready, Dad? (laughs) Yeah, I'm ready. (laughs) The leaders that I know that have made it a long time uh, spent many years actually not being able to share. You say, what do you mean by that? I have been in services for, at times, I've watched others that have served and then been faithful where God told them to be and had great, rev- I mean, I talked to some of these men, great revelation in them. And they were under somebody, a pastor or a traveling minister that we were traveling with, whatever the case may be. And they had great revelation. They had things that they would share with me or at different times that the Lord had spoken to them, whether it be in a service or whatever. But they never pushed to have their voice. But then over time, God would call them out and he would make an example of them. And it's something that's necessary for a high level of flow in these things. It's necessary. Um, there's, I could tell you, I mean, uh, how many have gone to the believers rallies, uh, with us? Okay. Many of you. So you understand this. It is easy in a, in a service where the spirit of God is tangible, strong 
to pick things up in the spirit. Let me, I'll put it to you, let me give you this illustration. Have you ever gone, uh, not necessarily fishing, but maybe fishing, you go to a river or you go to a, uh, like a creek or something like that and you're fishing, you can always tell when you're walking in the water where the stronger current is. True? Okay. It's the same in the spirit. And what do you feel in that current? You feel it what? Pull you. You feel it grab you. Now you can stand on the you can stand on the shore, right? And you can hear the flow. And you can even feel, you can smell the water, you can smell all these things, and you can put your foot in. And you ever notice this on rivers? There's all there's calm areas on the edges. And you can walk out into that, and you still feel the water, and you still know it's moving. You see it. But the deeper you get, the more you get out into the middle of that river, what happens? You can feel it. Oh, and you can feel like, I got to move with this thing. Now, what do we all do? Right? Because we don't want to go, woo, you know. We're trying to do something, you know. It's the same in the spirit. And you can feel like, I got this. I feel it. You're not the only one. So what did Paul say here? You say, where is this going? If anyone speaks in a tongue, let it be by two or at the most. Well, what if you're the fourth? You know what he's actually saying here? He's saying, if there is another prophetic word, let one of the first three give it. This is the same rule with prophecy. Did you know that? In other words, have you ever done this? Have you ever heard somebody or, or you heard somebody give a tongue and you felt like you had the interpretation and then you hear somebody else give the interpretation and it wasn't exactly the way you would say it, but generally in the same thing. Have you ever done that? In other words, the whole, you're all in the river. You all feel the pull. That's exactly what he's saying here. Now, there are, I can, now, I can look across. Now, I know many of you. I've known you for several years, some more than others. I can look across this crowd right here, and I can pick you out who can flow with me in this area. I can pick you out. I know you can do it. And I know others of you here that never have, but I know you could do it if I made you. You say, what do you mean by made? If I just bring you up here and I stand in the water with you and let you feel it for a while. All right. <clears throat> Thank you, Lord. Let me help you with this even further, okay? Okay. <clears throat> I'll use Ryan as an example because he's done this. <laughs> Everybody's like, phew, not me. Okay, I'm not bringing you up here, Ryan. I know you don't care either way. You were hoping, right? Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're already in there, right? You feel the pull, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, when you're first understanding the flow you tend to have more natural responses or, or soul responses. 
and you don't really distinguish the gifting or the Lord saying anything? Do you know your kids, if you go stand in the water in those deeper areas and you take your little kid out there and you hold on to their hand, they'll feel that water flow, but they don't know what to do with it. But they're getting used to it, right? And what will they do? They'll be like, oh, you know, they'll feel all sorts of things. Some will feel like, oh, I don't know, don't let me go. You know, others will be like, you know, laughing. Yeah. You know what I mean? And Christians are the exact same way. Depending on where they're at in their spiritual development. So, I've, I've shared this before. I usually share it with Joe Epley, the guy that was my youth intern and I was at camp ministering. Do you know, I'll just put it to you like this. I'm used to what I stand under. Now, I don't mean that in a, in a I don't want that to sound irreverent. But how many, how many you, you know that the Lord, like for instance, Mark, we know he can, he can sing and do worship, but he also preaches. Mark, are you familiar with your preaching anointing? Yes. How do, you know, how do I know he's familiar with it? He is so comfortable in it. You know, uh, were you at the first message that I preached with Dwight? Yeah, you shared it. Yeah, yeah, that's right. You shared it. <laughs> Let your sprinkler sprink. That doesn't even make sense. <laughs> I guess it made sense at the time. That was one of the first times I ever preached in youth, and, or as far as a pulpit thing, and I didn't even know when to stop. They had to come up and stop me. Literally, he had to come up and take the mic away from me. I think it was uh, Wamberg that did it. John Wamberg, yeah, came in. I think Dwight was like, go take the mic from him. He's never going to shut up. <laughs> he had a point. <laughs> See, there's hope for you guys. <laughs> Look where I started, right? <laughs> I didn't know what to do with it. When the first time I got up to preach, all of a sudden I had this horsepower engine it was, a, what, it, was a, it was a Corvette for a 16-year-old. I'm like, oh, look how fast this thing will go. And it just felt like all this energy all at once. You know what I mean? And I didn't know what to do with it. Now, at this point, I know I, it, it, there, it doesn't take me hardly, unless my mind is not right, it takes me no time at all to jump right into the flow. And I know the mantle. But I'll watch this happen when the Spirit of God's moving strong and I'm walking up here. And then I'll, people will have words or whatever. They'll come up here and they'll, they'll do this. They'll look at me. Now, you may not see it, but I see it. And they're going. And it's not because they're afraid. It's because they're in that flow. You feel that? Ooh. Somebody's got a revelation. They're in that flow. You get under that and you get, you know, you're, you're in that anointing. The Spirit of God's moving and flowing. There's all sorts of things that come up. And that's why we talk about you can feel that pull. You can feel that unction. You can feel that draw. But here's some rules to how it operates. Because the Lord wants, the Lord is specific in a lot of areas. I mean, I'm not saying he's a legalist, because he's not. He gives lots of grace and room for us to grow and to develop, but he understands what's needed. He knows what needs to be said. 
He knows that even if you have an utterance or you have an unction in you, it, whether it be prophetic or tongues and interpretation, whatever it is, and you don't give it, God is not in heaven going, well, now they're never going to know what to do. He'll get it there some way, somehow. Amen? Okay? So interpretation of tongues is this way. Now, let's, let's just skip over to, uh, go to 1 Corinthians 14, verse 13. And I want to talk, I want to end right here, I think. This is, I did not get near as far. You guys are listening too good. Stop listening so well. No, I'm teasing. I think we're really learning, you know what I mean? So I'm not going to get impatient if you won't. Okay. But I want you to see this. You actually, and this, this, these verses in 1 Corinthians 14, 13 through uh, 15 is where I'm going. They actually could apply corporately and privately to your prayer language. Okay? Now, if you've never been baptized in the Holy Spirit and speaking with other tongues and you want to, I'll pray for you after the service or at the end of the service here if you want to. It's a, it's a level of prayer that is just awesome. Literally outside of this world. <laughs> okay? Literally, literally, you bypass your brain and you go right to, you know, you do Pasco and you, you collect $200 right away. Okay, so I'm not going to give you $200, but you know what I mean. <laughs> How many have been baptized in the Holy Spirit and you pray with other tongues and you recommend that everybody have that? So Paul says this. By the Spirit of God, or the Spirit of God through Paul. 1 Corinthians 14, 13 says, Therefore, let him who speaks in a tongue pray that he may what? You should pray that you can interpret. Now, that could be privately or corporately. Now, you may say, well, I don't want to do it corporately. We'll start privately. And you'll get confident publicly. It'll help you. Verse 14, he says, for if I pray in a tongue, who prays? So the Spirit of God doesn't have to come on you and just rattle you every time you pray. You can just pray. So if I wanted to, and this is a, more of a discipleship setting, so if I want to, I can go straight from English to and I'm not going to go too far because I'll get over there and then... What was that? My spirit... Praise. But you don't understand unless I give an interpretation. Now, specifically, I will say this. You will understand if I give an explanation of what I'm doing to a degree. But if I don't interpret the tongue, then those that only understand natural prayer or prayer, I'll say it like this. I should say it this way, actually. I should say it like this. Not just natural prayer, but prayer in your known language. I'm confusing you. Now, typically, I wouldn't do that on a Sunday morning, but this is a different setting on Wednesday night, okay? Because most people here understand these things. That doesn't mean you all do, but I've found this. Even those that don't understand it and aren't born again, it, it, they sense the presence of God. It's amazing. So he says this. He says, for if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays. I like the Amplified. My spirit 
by the Holy Spirit within me prays. And he says, but my understanding is what? Unfruitful. You know why a lot of Christians never get baptized in the Holy Ghost and pray in other tongues? Because they are here and it's unfruitful to them. But the scripture says you can build yourself up on your most holy faith praying in the Holy Ghost. You can actually keep yourself in the love of God by praying in the Holy Ghost. He was like, I have a hard time loving these people. Then you need to... Uh, what, <laughs> what did, brother, what did uh, Doug Jones say? He was talking about uh, other tongues. He was talking about not resisting the Holy Ghost or not resisting the teaching on other tongues. And he used some, some phrase about being baptized in the Holy Spirit. I don't remember what it was, but it was hilarious. So Paul goes on to say this. He says, I will, he says my understanding is unfruitful. Verse 15, what is the conclusion then? Okay, what am I supposed to conclude then? I will pray with the Spirit, and I will also pray with the... I will... Watch this. What? Sing with the Spirit. Woo, we haven't done much of that yet, but we're going to do that. And I will sing with the understanding. Now watch. What is interpretation of tongues? It's another tongue and then speaking understanding afterwards. You actually can have a diverse tongue in singing. According to the scripture. But you can also do this in your private prayer time. You can also do it in your private prayer time. So start there. Now, if you don't have a good voice, I mean, I guess you can do it, but... You know, people are going to have a harder time following. Yeah, you make a noise. Yeah, you make a noise. Joyful noise for sure. And I've, we've actually done this. I, you know, uh, uh, Pastor Larry had us doing this down at the rally, and we were all up there singing. You know, I, I don't have a good voice, but we were up there singing. And one person after another with bad voices <laughs> were singing out. But it was a blessing. Because we're flowing in the Spirit. So if, what do we see here? This interpretation of tongues is speaking out, you pray in the Spirit, and then, and then interpret in English. You see that? Thank you for taking the time to listen today. If you would like more information about Faith Family Church, including service times and location, visit faithfamilybillings.com.